Welcome to the Healthy Hair Podcast. Your host, Dr. Amy Brenner, is a board-certified OBGYN with additional certifications in functional and integrative medicine. This podcast is meant to help women find reliable, relevant information to help them feel better, look better, and live better. Here, you will hear in-depth information about hormones, sexual medicine, aesthetics, cosmetic gynecology, and functional medicine. and welcome back to another episode of Healthy Her. Today we're going to do something a little different. Uh, If you've noticed, I've stayed away from all the political topics, quite honestly, because I already get enough like hate mail and people can be so mean online and keyboard courage. But I thought this was an interesting topic. Um, We have a guest. Her name is Olivia Downs, and she did a TikTok that we're going to talk about, and it has gone viral. And uh, a lot of news sources have picked it up. Fox News did an article about it, the New York Post, Yahoo, and even the Independent. So we have Olivia here with us today. Welcome, Olivia. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, so... Hopefully we'll be able to put a link to your actual TikTok that you did, which I watched it. I'm like, oh, she's so cute. And that's actually really entertaining. But at the same side, at the same token, in my opinion, also kind of sad and kind of annoying uh, because it sounds like you work and went to the doctor and basically didn't get anywhere. So for those of us who haven't saw your TikTok video, can you explain what what your TikTok video was about? So basically, it's me reenacting my, well, a very brief um, cut down reenactment of my conversation with my gynecologist when I went in for a checkup um, a couple months ago. I asked her if I could get my tubes tied, and she gave me a whole laundry list of reasons and excuses as to why I should not, including finding Mr. Right and wanting children later on and changing my mind. And instead offered me an IUD, which I said I didn't really want anyways, but it's fine. Um, so it was basically that, just me, a little uh, satire, sat- satiric reenactment of that conversation. And people, I guess, really related to it. So it kind of took off. Yeah, it's uh, in my practice, uh, ever since the Roe v. Wade decision, the amount of requests for tubal ligations I have, done, I have had lately have probably increased by about five to eight times the amount of requests for sterilization. So I think this is a, it's a really important topic. And um, I've had patients, I had a patient one time literally bring in a binder of all of the articles of all the studies of tubal ligations. I didn't go through it because I was like, well, this is really nice. You did this. Clearly, you are educated. It's not necessary, but um, clearly you have done your homework. I've had a lot of comments saying that people have actually had to like make a binder and go in and see their gynecologist again. And that's when they finally are like, okay, I guess you do know what you want. I'm not going to try to talk you out of it. That's sad that people even have to do that or that people would go to that (laughs) length to try and get that done. So it, and if you if I ask you any questions, if you're not comfortable answering, just t- tell me. But how how old are you, by the way? I am 22. 
And are you a TikToker? Is this something that you do for a living? Um, no, it's not something I do for a living. It's kind of just something I do on the side. I just, if I'm feeling like making a video or speaking out on something, I just kind of shout it into the void what that is TikTok. But um, I wouldn't say it's my like full-time job or anything. I work as an orthodontic assistant. So that's my day job. Because your TikTok video on getting declined having a tubal ligation or permanent birth control had 3.6 million views and over 11,000 comments. It's um, it's crazy. I wasn't expecting that kind of reaction to it, but I guess people relate to it pretty heavily. Yeah. And, and what were the, I, I read some of the comments, but I didn't read obviously all 11,000. What were some of the comments or what was the gist of, I guess, let's say, what were, what were we could say, start with both of them. What were the positives? And then I know people are so mean online. I'm sure people had some really nasty things to say as well. Well, there was uh, three types of comments. There was one, the you're an idiot. You're too young to know what you want. You're going to regret this in 20 years. She's just saving you the trouble. Um, so there was those. And then there were a lot of women who were talking like, hey, I've had the same experience. This is so frustrating. I can't believe that like it's happening to so many people. Thank you for speaking on this because I feel like I see it nowhere. And um, those were really nice. And then there were the other comments that were just kind of neutral that were like, yeah, I, I see why she's doing it. Maybe she doesn't want to get sued or anything. And But I totally understand your frustration. Just go to a different doctor, um, which is frustrating because I don't want to have to go doctor shopping, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So when you went, let's talk more about your actual doctor visit is um, when you basically said, nope, I hear what you're saying. I'm aware of all those options, but I don't want all of those options. How did it go from there? Um, I told her that I wasn't really interested in hormonal birth control just because I've seen I've had friends with hormonal birth control and IUDs and I've seen the horrors and, you know, the laundry list of side effects that come with each one of those and it's just not something that I really want. So I told her, I was like, hey, I don't want kids. I've thought about this. I've known this since I was young. Um, so I don't want kids. This just seems like the most effective and just kind of the option that makes the most sense. So I just asked her like, when can I get my tubes tied? And I prefaced it. I said, I know you're gonna say no, but I figured I'd ask just to get the ball rolling. But when can I get my tubes tied? And then she didn't even give me an answer. She just straight up, no, <laughs> you're not going to want this. And she told me all these stories about, um, you know, somebody that she knew who didn't want kids. And then later on, she had a daughter and now they're best friends. And what if you meet, you know, your husband wants kids or blah, yada, yada, yada. And I kind of I had to physically control myself to not roll my eyes <laughs> at all of the things that she was saying. Because it was really frustrating. She never... Um, she didn't even really go over the procedure and like the ins and outs of it. Cause you know, I don't know. I, I just, you know, I've heard about it and I know that what it does, but she didn't really go over like any of the ins and outs of the procedure and, you know, anything like that. So it was kind of frustrating to just be written off and then not even told anything about it. Just given a pamphlet for a copper IUD instead felt kind and, of insulting. And do you have any medical problems that would make you high risk for a surgical procedure that she would say no? No. Perfectly so healthy. it was just flat out, you're too young and you've never had children, and so I'm not going to do this for you? Yeah, basically. So no other medical reason why you weren't a good candidate? No, ma'am. Yeah. So did you, before you left, say, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but no, I, this is what I want? No, I, I've, I'm not good at sticking up for myself, so I kind of just shied away and was like, okay, cool, and took the pamphlet, got dressed, and just kind of ran out of there frustrated, but... 
She's our family gynecologist. My mom had her as a gynecologist. When I walked in, she was like, oh, the last time I saw you, you were in the womb. <laughs> so I figured she might be a little more sympathetic or, um, you know, understanding or willing to listen to me. But I guess that's not how things roll. <laughs> so pe- when people reached out to you, you've heard from a lot of women that this has happened to them, too? Yes, lots of women. Lots of women from different walks of life, too. I've had people who are 20 say it. I've had people who are, you know, in their 40s saying, hey, can I please get my tubes tied? And the gynecologist goes, well, what if you get a divorce and your next husband wants kids? And it's like, I have three kids already. What are you talking about? Um, So it's really like uh, this is a pretty universal situation that's going on. Yeah. Um, As I mentioned to you before we're online is I've seen the amount of requests for permanent birth control have skyrocketed in the past month since the Roe v. Wade um, verdict. And I've had a lot of patients tell me like, yeah, I had to see three doctors before I found somebody who was willing to do it. Why, Why do you think some doctors are unwilling to perform tubal ligation or permanent birth control for women? Honestly, I'm not sure. I mean, I can see I am 22. So I, you know, I am very young. There is, of course, a possibility that somebody's mind might change. But um, I think they stick to that a little too much. A lot of people, especially in situations like these women who have had kids already and, you know, or who have really high risk pregnancies and just don't want to have to deal with that again. Um, I really don't understand why that they they'd be denying something like this. And again, like I said, if I'm younger, you know, and you don't have kids and you haven't, you're not in a relationship yet or something like that, I can see the hesitancy. But for these women who, you know, are already established and they have a, you know, they're pretty well set or well off already in life and you're denying it, it really just doesn't make any sense. I don't understand the, I'm baffled as to why they would want to do something or deny a procedure like that. It kind of is, is bizarre. Yeah. I mean, there is actually, and I don't know if your doctor brought this up to you, there is actually a study on regret that says that um, women who are younger than 30, there was about a 20% incidence of regret of having a permanent method of birth control versus women who are over 30, there's a 5% incidence of regret. And that is something that I do discuss with all of my patients, whether they're 21 or 40, is there is an issue with regret. Um, on the flip side, I've never read a study of do you regret having your baby? Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's the thing, too. She's like, oh, well, it's very it's a permanent procedure. You can't get it undone. And yada, yada. I'm like, well, having a child at 21, you wouldn't have a problem with that. But me asking to not have a child for the you know, it's kind of bizarre. Like children are just as permanent. And I'd rather I'd much rather regret not being able to have my own biological child than having a child and not knowing what to do with that. I feel like that's a way, a, a, it's two different uh, playing fields that you're on there. Yeah. And the issue with regret, like people do things in life they regret. They regret taking a job. They regret marrying somebody. They regret getting a divorce. They regret having an affair. They regret getting a breast dog. They, I mean, People have regret in life. And in my opinion, like, it's okay. Um, As long as, in my opinion, as a physician, you're talking to somebody, here's the pros, here's the cons, here's the data. But regret is a part of life. Yeah, I agree. Have you ever had any of your male friends be turned down from getting a vasectomy? 
all my friends, they, none of them, they all want kids, all my male friends. So none of them have really gotten or explored that option, but I'm sure they probably wouldn't be. <laughs> um, and I've read in the comments and on my own video, a lot of men just walking in, they go, they get it. Like a week later, they have the appointment scheduled and there's no questions asked. There's no signature from a significant other, anything like that. There's no waiting period. It's just, okay, here you go. Yeah. So that's like, you know, it's, it's pretty frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, I knew I was going to talk to you and I actually reached out to several of my urology colleagues and said, is there any data in the urology literature about regret for vasectomy or do you have any colleagues that won't do this? Because it's it's a real thing with gynecologists declining women like yourself who want permanent birth control. And my urology friend said, no, I don't know of any. And no, I don't think so. Um, frustrating isn't it <laughs> so a as if just being a female in general to me that's like sexist it's yeah absolutely um and and it's really frustrating i think women have obviously come a long way from the f the 50s but clearly there's still more room to improve absolutely i agree has do you think that your TikTok is going to change any physician's mind? Or do you even know if your doctor has seen your TikTok or heard about any of the press related to it? If she has, she's not let me know. <laughs> I haven't gotten a call back from her. Um, I was hoping maybe she would and be like, okay, well, now I see this <laughs> um, and all the follow-up videos. So maybe, you know, I'll consider it or at least talk to you about it, but nothing of the sort. Uh, but I do hope I've seen a lot of I've had a lot of OBs reach out to me on TikTok and, you know, comment on the video or duet it um, and ag like agreeing with me, which is great to see. I hope it does change some people who are less willing to do the procedure or to even, you know, consider talking about it with their patients. I do hope that it just plants a little seed in their mind saying, oh, you know, maybe I should be a little more considerate or a little more understanding to these women's requests. But, I, you know, I can hope for the best, but it doesn't mean it'll happen. <laughs> What led you to making that decision that you um, don't want to have any children at, at, a, at a relatively young age? Um, well, it kind of started when I had gotten, it was like maybe the first couple of years after I got my period. And I was talking to my mom and I was like, this just sucks. Uh, the cramps suck. It sucks that I'm going to have to do this like every month for, you know, basically the rest of my life. I just don't want to have to go through all this. This is a big mess. And I knew that my mom had gotten a procedure, um, what is it called when they like kind of sear your uterine lining? Oh, endometrial ablation? Yeah. Yes, she had gotten endometrial ablation um, after having me because she was getting like really heavy periods um, just constantly. And I was like, well, you don't get your period. Why can't I like have that operation that you had? And she was like, well, if you do that, you're not gonna be able to have kids. And I was, I kind of thought about it for a second, like little 14 year old me. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> I would rather not. Like, if, if it'll get me out of that, I'm fine with it. I don't have any emotional attachment to having kids. So, you know, let's do it. And she was like, well, you're, <laughs> honey, you're way too young <laughs> for them to actually uh, be willing to do that for you. So I was like, all right, well. And then that kind of just planted. I was like, you know, I ever since then, I really haven't been too keen on having kids. Um so you've known that you haven't want, wanted children since a, like a really young age, since at least as far as you can remember of age 14. Yeah. So a while. Yeah. It's not a something while. that so I just decided. So it wasn't something that you just thought of last week. 
yeah, no, it's been, you know, weighing on me for for years. <laughs> now, have you had your tubes tied yet? No, I have not. I'm still on the on the hunt for a doctor who will be willing to do it. To be fair, though, I haven't been searching recently. I'm waiting for the summer to kind of um, sizzle down until I can get into more of a routine and get appointments scheduled. But I am on the lookout. So if any doctors in Massachusetts hear this, <laughs> call me. <laughs> Yeah, I actually think there's a uh, one doctor started this Google document of physicians across the country. It's it's organized by state of physicians who are willing to do a tubal ligation, um, considering somebody's it is a surgery. So, um, uh, you know, assuming they're a reasonable surgical candidate, um, but we're not going to care about, are you married? Does your husband agree to it? Or, you know, are there certain age requirements or having prior children? So I think that document is uh, circulating. And I actually think there's been some articles written about it because it's, it's really become obviously a, a popular topic. The fact that you have millions of views and um, all these news sources have, have picked it up. Yeah. What do you think from a what do you think physicians can learn from this news story or this TikTok? Um, I think just be more willing to, you know, if it's a personal bias, put that aside. You know, I don't think there's really room for and I, you know, I would think that most doctors would already know there's not really any room for personal bias when it comes to medical care. Um, so just kind of stop that nonsense. <laughs> Uh, but on a more serious note, just be willing to discuss it or at least consider the options and, you know, go over the procedure with your patient rather than just writing it off immediately and just kind of dismissing their thoughts. It kind of, you know, it doesn't doesn't look too good on your part if you're just completely dismissing your patient's um, concerns and ideas. Uh, just be more willing to be talking about it or, you know, giving all the options and really educating your patient on this is what's going to happen. This is what's more likely to happen once you do have this operation and just going over that more instead of just, you know, writing it off and giving a whole bunch of excuses. Yeah. Do you think it would have gone differently if your doctor would have said, you know what, I hear what you're saying. No problem. I don't feel comfortable doing this, but my partner would. Or let me refer you to this doctor who will be able to to take care of that for you. I would have loved if that happened, honestly. I think, you know, at least you're still kind of taking care of the patient in a way where you're directing them to somebody who can do that for them rather than just being like, no, and kind of sending them off on the street to wander around and look for themselves. You right. can give a, a good recommendation to somebody that you trust and somebody that you know is going to provide that care for your patient. I think that's wonderful. Right. Because I look at this as, you know, it's frustrating because you, you actually haven't had the time to do this. You're you're working, um, you know, it, it's time consuming to take off work and go to the doctor. And so, you know, you've been busy with life. And so that was kind of a, a waste of your time. Basically, but, yeah. But then I think of, of kind of my practice. And there are definitely times when people come to me and I'm not the doctor for them, not really from an ethic. Uh, ethical standpoint, but more along the lines of, I'm not the best doctor for you to see. For instance, if somebody comes to me and wants to have an infertility workup or procedure, like I'm just not up to date on that. I don't do that all the time. And you would actually get better medical care by, in my opinion, going to a reproductive endocrinologist that 
can actually do things that I am not equipped to do in my office. Um, so in that respect, like that person kind of wasted their time if they came and saw me. Um, but I think at least like if you would recommend like you're saying, OK, yeah, I would refer you to this. I mean, we do it with our patients all the time if we have a really complicated surgical case come in and we're like, OK, maybe we'll, you know, we'll send you off to Yukon or something because they'd be better off to, you know, um, take care of your case. So you could just have everything done there. I think it's kind of like way better to do that instead of just like I don't know if it's a pride thing being like, no, I don't want to do this and just kind of like dismissing rather than, you know, just take the time and be caring to refer your patient somewhere else. And I think what you're saying is like, great, you're like, yeah, it is a waste of time, but at least you're not just being totally ditched, like you're being given resources to go somewhere else where you can get the care that you need. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, I'm also of the opinion is it's it's not my job to play God with your life. It's my job as a physician to let's let's look at your medical history. Let's talk about, you know, the pros and cons of all the methods of birth control, making sure you're aware of what else is out there. You might not be aware of maybe non-hormonal options or non-permanent options, what the risks of surgery are, as well as look at somebody's medical history. What I think is interesting about this topic is that so many people equate womanhood to motherhood and that you're not going to be satisfied in life or you're going to just not be fulfilled as a woman if you're not a mother. Um, I would imagine you had several people comment on, don't do it. You might change your mind. And how do you respond to that comment of that you're not going to be fulfilled if you don't have a baby? Um, when people tell me that, I just say, hey, you know, maybe that's how you roll. Maybe that's what you wanted in life. Like my mom, all she wanted to do was just have, she wanted to be a mother. She just wanted to have kids. And that's great for her. That's just not me. I find fulfillment in things like, you know, my job, my education. Um, I find that way more fulfilling than being mother to a child. I, and I think it just could varies on the person. It's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, being a woman doesn't just mean having kids, and I think that's a really outdated idea. And, and maybe it's just because I'm from the younger generations that I think this way. But um, I think there's way more. Uh, women are people. They're not just women. And I think it kind of otherizes us even more from men um, to just say, like, oh, this is your, this is what you need to do um, to be fulfilled in life. You need to be a mother. I think, well, men don't really need to have children. No one's giving men any grief for not having kids, you know. What do they value themselves off of? Okay, job, a car, a house, things like that. So, you know, that's you know, if that's where I want to find my fulfillment, then that's where I'm going to find mine. Why well, I don't see why there should be any difference. Um, so I say, hey, I just you know, I want to focus on my career, which I do. That's my thing in life. I'd rather focus on my career, and I'd like to travel and you know, educate myself instead of being. I don't want to say tied down, but you know, I don't. Once you're a mother, you're a mother for life. That's your that's your role. You never escape that. And that's not a commitment that I really want to make. I'd rather focus on other things. Yeah. So what's next for you? Um, doctor shopping. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. check out definitely some of those Google Docs. I've had people um, constantly telling me about there's like a child-free Reddit thread that has a list of doctors there too. Um, so I guess I'm just going to start searching, calling around, and um, hopefully none of them recognize me from my TikTok and like, I'm not like blacklisted or anything on any any practices, but hopefully I'll find somebody that'll be willing yeah. to at least discuss the option with me. 
There is a list of doctors and it's organized by state. There's actually another doctor who did a TikTok. It's called Paging Dr. Fran and it has a list of tubal ligation um, or doctors that are willing to do a tubal ligation that have similar beliefs as, as you and I. So, well, I think uh, what you're doing, hopefully, I'm not sure it's going to change overnight, but at least it will bring up the conversation and make people really think about it and really think about the discrepancy between that still exists in 2022 with women's health care compared to men's health care. I hope so. I hope this is just a little, you know, stepping stone for everybody, at least. So for those of you who are listening that haven't watched your video, where can people find you and find you on social and watch this TikTok as well as the other ones you've made about the, the follow-up? <laughs> um, all my social medias are just LVDWNS. So TikTok, Instagram, anywhere you want to find me, you just type that in. I should pop up. Well, thank you, Olivia, for your time. And thanks for all your openness and willing to share your story. Yeah, of course. Thank you much, so much for having me on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Her. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and the web. Go to www.dramybrenner.com to learn more. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute as medical advice, the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare services. No patient-physician relationship is formed. The information in the podcast and any references, material or links are at the sole discretion of the listener and not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Listeners should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical issues or diagnoses that they may have and should seek medical advice from their healthcare provider for any such conditions.